0: Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, podcasting from the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center in Chicagoland, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang.
1: Welcome to the Setzer Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. My name's Daniel Yang. The cultural issue today. The cultural issues of the day. We'll get to that. Daniel Yang, the director of the Setz Institute, and we're excited to have with us today Todd Miles. Todd is a professor of theology at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon, where he teaches theology, church history, hermeneutics, and ethics. Prior to becoming a seminary professor, he was also a nuclear engineer at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. Todd's latest book is Cannabis and the Christian what the Bible says is about marijuana. But before we hear from Todd, let's go to our host, editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine and the executive director of Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, Ed Stetzer. So Todd's writing about
2: cannabis is for the Christians. So we're excited about having that conversation today. Okay, not really. Uh, and all the verses of the Bible that talk about this, you know, Second Opinions, Chapter 4, <laughs> Verse 11. People. We're going to be talking about the doobie today. Actually, I, I taught my kids the word doobie from a saturday night live skit because you know i often make the joke that i'm a motivational speaker luna van the river so so my daughter i forget which one the middle one i think watches the, the skit because i'm always making mm-hmm. this joke and she says so what's doobie because he says you kids are smoking the doobie you know et cetera, et cetera. so we're going to talk about the doobie today even though no one's called it that since the 70s but we're going to talk about uh weed marijuana uh, I'm trying to come up with all the slang. Mary, Jane, Mary Jane, Jane. Roll the blunt. Roll the blunt. You know, you know this slang a little better than you should. Well, yeah. You weren't always a father of Jesus. <laughs> but we'll that's what we're gonna talk about is what does it mean today? Because um, we're just seeing widespread legalization. Um, you know, we, you know, we're, we're in Illinois where uh, weed is legal. Um, you're, you're in, our guest is in Oregon where I think it's legal. Um, I don't really know because I don't purchase it. Um, but a lot of people are asking the question, and what now? And this is what we're gonna talk about today. So, um, so let's start with an obvious question. We've already introduced Todd. Obvious question is you write a book on what the Bible says about marijuana. The Bible doesn't mention marijuana. So the question is, why start there? Tell us a little bit
0: of the background. Yeah, well, the, the, the background is, is very pastoral. Uh, right after marijuana was legalized in Washington, uh, it, really, it felt like the day after. Uh, we had a person in our congregation at uh, the church that uh, I serve as an elder at uh, Hinson Baptist Church here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we, we had a member of our church come to us and say, hey, now that marijuana is legal in Washington, recreational marijuana legal in Washington, would it be okay if I went across the river to smoke some pot? And and we realized that that the normal back pocket answer uh, no longer obtained, which was, no, of course you can't. It's illegal. Uh, and And we had to Dare I say, start thinking like Christians for a change, and uh, you know, uh, to try try to mine uh, the scriptures, which which we understand to be sufficient. We we have all the divine words that we need to in order to live faithfully before God. Uh, to mine them for for any wisdom that would pertain to this, and, and and that was really how the how the book came about.
2: Yeah, we want to jump to the end and get the answer, but I think it's probably worth kind of thinking through because I mean. One of the things we have to also recognize is that Christians have had changing views on mind-altering substances. Is that when it comes to alcohol, uh, really depending on your denominational tradition, if your denominational tradition came out of the Second Great Awakening, which is tied into the temperance movement time-wise, Wesleyans, Pentecostals, Baptists, you're probably anti-alcohol, and just naturally probably anti-marijuana. Uh, but then the question is, is what if you predate that? What if, you know, what if you're, you know, you, everyone quotes Luther's comments about alcohol and more. So how do we begin to think about alcohol and marijuana? Do we think of them in the same way? Do we think of them differently? Help unpack some of that for us.
0: Well, it it, it probably will not work just to substitute the word marijuana every time we see the word wine, uh, right? Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, wine is, is celebrated in the scriptures and, is part of the, the, the ritual worship of God throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament with, with the Lord's Supper. It, it would be a very strange Lord's Supper service, wouldn't it, if we substituted the word uh, wine, uh, marijuana for, for wine? Um, I'm not and, saying and, and that's and a good just, idea, but it does sound yeah. or like it could yeah. be some people. I'm, I'm yeah. opposed to that, but God. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but, but the second and probably most important reason, is, is that marijuana and alcohol are, are very different in, in significant ways. And so if we're going to apply uh, biblical prohibitions on, say, drunkenness, uh, which, which is where the concern would lie with alcohol, uh, then we need to know how marijuana actually works uh, before we can just kind of blindly start substituting biblical prohibitions on it. Um, and that's, that's what I endeavored to do in the book, was, was to take a, a little bit of a dive uh, into how, how marijuana actually works, how it affects the mind, and, and then be able to hopefully apply faithfully uh, the, the biblical wisdom uh, that the Lord has given us. Hmm.
1: Uh, You already said you can't really easily swap out marijuana for alcohol in the passages in Scripture, but can you talk about—can you highlight some of the passages, especially the ones that you use in the book, to talk about how we can think about marijuana, whether to permit it or not permit it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you know, uh, helpfully, the Lord does not just say, don't get drunk, uh, and and then with the reason being, because I said so. Uh, He could have done that, because he's God— Right? He could have done it. Uh, but instead, the scriptures are full, not just of prohibitions on drunkenness, but explanations as to why it's, it's unwise and sinful to, to get intoxicated. I categorize them in three ways. Uh, one is that drunkenness impairs you physically. It impairs you cognitively, and it impairs your moral judgment. And marijuana intoxication demonstrably does all three of those things. And and so I'm I'm pretty comfortable at that point saying, okay, uh, biblical prohibitions on alcohol intoxication would also apply uh, to intoxication by uh, recreational marijuana. Okay, so... Um, part of the conversation
2: we hear from people, I want just when I, I want to walk through this well. I want I want to fully inhale the question in the conversation <laughs> here. Sorry, this is just <laughs> I don't even know. we're gonna get letters. Um, but part of the conversation is is that, okay, I mean, people are if they do get get high from, uh, from doing marijuana, that becomes a calming thing for them. Many people will say this this, you know, I, I get anxious, uh, I hear this regularly. I get anxious, taking marijuana reduces that now in, in the book you do distinguish she talks about medical marijuana and otherwise but yeah. what if people are saying this is something i'm doing like like paul says have a little wine uh, you know after supper um i'm doing this at nighttime to help calm myself down what's the matter with that
0: yeah well uh it it, it could be uh, perhaps nothing but but i think as as like uh, a, a leader in the church I would want to know why. Uh, I do think that there are different questions that need to be asked about medical marijuana than about recreational marijuana, although there is no difference in the substance. I, I and, and I think that surprises a lot of people. I, I think people think uh, a lot of people think, well, there's medical marijuana and then there's another diff another substance entirely called recreational marijuana. That's not the case. Actually, I, um, I was I was this many years old when I thought I thought there was a difference between the two. So really I didn't yeah, know that. The, no, if you go into a dispensary with a medical marijuana card, if you're in a state that even requires such a thing, yeah. you, you will be buying from the same portions as the people who are standing in line just for the sake of, of, of getting high later that day. Right. Uh, so there's there, there's no difference there. And, and because of that, then all of the physical risks and all of the emotional and, and mental risks would still obtain for for medical use. Uh, but you're right that there are a lot of people who self-medicate uh, at, for anxiety, nerves, uh, mood alteration, uh, or or even like uh, for, for pain management, that sort of thing. Um, and, and at that point, I would want to ask other questions, uh, because it is a mind-altering substance, and it's not easy following Jesus, right? Uh, we, we battle the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, we are instructed to uh, worship the Lord with our heart, our our strength, our, our, our soul, our mind, our mind. Um, and so is, I, I think we have to ask the question as followers of Christ, is taking a mind-altering substance, is that gonna enable me to follow the Lord better? Is, is, is that gonna aid in my taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ? Is that going to be a, a blessing or a hindrance to the, the kind of sober-mindedness that that the New Testament writers especially uh advocate and, 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 and command, uh, Christians to, to possess. Uh, so, um, those are the kind of questions that, that I'd want to ask. And, and, and also quite frankly, self-medication, uh, you know, heavens, we, 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 do it all the time in terms of like Tylenol or Advil or, or, or maybe an allergy med or something like that. But I, I mean, I would be concerned if someone came to me and said, uh, Todd, I have to drink, Alone every night, just to calm my nerves a bit, um, because I I I don't think people should drink alone, <laughs> uh, and and I don't say that just because I'm a Baptist. Um, I, I just think uh, that as as leaders I actually in the church, we shouldn't rush past that because I actually got that joke. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that um, th- this kind of self medication with a mind altering drug. Uh, should be done in secret, um, that that uh, we should be open to accountability. And when when a mind-altering substance is prescribed by a doctor, there's a kind of accountability there, right? Because it's been prescribed, doses can be controlled, all of those sorts of things. Uh, but when people begin to self-medicate with mind-altering substance, which is what a lot of people do with marijuana, then you don't have that... Uh, even that, that first level of accountability, which is a doctor who's managing dosage for you. Um, and so there's a host of, of wisdom and discipleship questions that, that, that I would want to ask.
1: I know that we're talking about the ethical dimension of it, and there's probably so much more to unpack, uh, especially when we're talking about uh, medical marijuana and yeah, in, in how even some forms are, are being modified to have less of the effects that we're talking about there. But that's what I thought. So I, that's why I was thinking the medical yeah. marijuana is different. I thought there was a sense that it was lessened,
2: but
0: it sounds like you can do it both ways. You can, if you walked into a marijuana dispensary, uh, you would find a, a wide range of THC uh, percentages, something right. very, very low, uh, maybe, you know, one and a half two 2%, something like that. Um on up into the 30s, which would be really, really, really high. And then you can always get uh, wax or, or oils that, that, that will uh, be double, so almost triple that. So, sorry, Roger. Sorry.
1: No, it's, it's good because I, 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 it's, you could talk about the ethical dimensions, but regardless of how you feel about the ac- ethics of it, the practicality is that so many of our church pastors are going to have members that are, um, my sister, for instance, is a physician and so her personal conviction is that she she won't prescribe marijuana to her to her uh, patients but she'll refer them out that's her personal uh, preference that's her conviction Uh, but not everybody's going to be able to discern that for themselves and so if you're a pastor and a church leader how do you help your congregation Work on a day-to-day basis when marijuana could be a reality for them. And then, secondly, is um, I've I've had conversations with pastors who their elders are getting into um, marijuana as a business. You know, uh, weed farms and and weed stocks and those kinds of things. So. Um, how do we navigate those really practical
0: conversations? Oh, I Holy cow. Uh, so those were two really big questions <laughs> right there. <laughs> they were, yeah. um, If you can just answer those in like two minutes or less. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, please uh, so, so the Take short answer to the first question is, you know, what, do, what do pastors need to do? I would say, well, first off, you could go buy my book, right? There you, go. <laughs> you go buy the there book where, where I've done a little bit of, of the lifting for you. Uh, no, uh, you have to educate yourself as as to how marijuana works and then uh, just do some advanced teaching on, on uh, how mind altering drugs intersect with the Christian life, uh, okay. if at all. And uh, because uh, the, the, the marijuana advocacy advocacy groups, even within the church will, will argue things like uh, it, it has all those great medical benefits. Uh, there, there's, there's a whole Christian, uh, cannabis church sort of movement, which argues for a deepened relationship with Jesus. Uh, it'll take you to different levels and plateaus that that, that you never thought imaginable before. Um, and so I think some really good advanced work on this. What does the Bible actually say about what honors the Lord in our worship, about, about the nature of biblical meditation, about taking thoughts captive to Christ, about uh, thinking well, uh, honoring the Lord with our minds, that sort of thing. Uh, briefly on the, uh, the Christians getting involved in, in the, uh, cannabis industry. Well, um, I, I suppose it'd be the same kinds of questions that a person would have to ask about, uh, alcohol. Um, uh, there are certainly medical benefits to marijuana. Uh, I, I, I suspect it's such a highly complex plant that, that we have not even scratched the surface of, of. Of what marijuana can do, uh, there are some very helpful drugs that the FDA has, has already uh, okayed that have been isolated and and um, uh, and are now distributed by pharmaceutical companies uh, for for nausea. Uh, uh, appetite enhancement, you know those those sorts of things are super valuable for, for people who are struggling with uh, with say like the side effects of chemotherapy. Uh, there's a CBD based drug that the FDA has approved for uh, very pernicious forms of, of of childhood epilepsy that will mitigate seizures that I think has just been a, a godsend uh, for many. Um, but but the nice thing about those drugs is they have been uh, isolated and are packaged and sold and they are okayed by, by the FDA. And, and it's, uh, th- there was um, a, a lot of testing that went into that. And uh, so I think with, with good conscience, with, with clear conscience, a, a Christian could, uh, could, could use those drugs. Um, a conscience issue may play into it, though, if, if someone just recommends, hey, why don't you go to a dispensary and and uh, get some pot so you can smoke it. That will help you with whatever certain malady that you have. Um, there's a lot of different ways that, that people are cultivating marijuana for various different uh, purposes. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a one size fits all answer to that question, uh, yeah. but, but probably starting out with, well, would it be okay to be involved in the alcohol industry it would be a good start. And then and then start asking some of the other questions that that marijuana might present uh that that the alcohol answers don't suffice for a uh, reminder to our listeners
2: that um welch's grape juice was founded so that methodists didn't have to have wine in communion that's and right. it's interesting because it seems quaint today that that's the case so i guess my question I, my question is probably predicated by a belief i think probably in 10 15 years from now people are going to see marijuana like they see alcohol um, and uh, the idea of Christians sort of being against that will be a surprise to the culture just like when I mean people know certain Christians are uh, are anti-alcohol and some yes. are more permissive towards alcohol. Um, do you see am I am I wrong
0: in thinking that this is just gonna be mainstreamed in ten years? Oh, well, I think. You're, you're probably right, but let me give you some reasons th- th- that I think that's the case and then some hopeful reasons why I think it's not right. um, Some reason I think it's the case is there is just a tidal wave uh, that's right. sweeping across the country. Um, it's uh, it's just a matter of time it's it's still a schedule one drug so it is illegal at the federal level. I, I don't know how much longer that's going to last and and states are are, are, are legalizing, medical and then recreational at a, at a very fast pace. I think, uh, as of today, like 17 States and the district of Columbia recreational marijuana is legal 33 States and district of Columbia, medical marijuana is legal as well. Um, so in, in that sense, I, I think you're probably right. Um, here's why I'm hopeful that, that maybe we can put the brakes on this just a little bit. Uh, what it, it's a little different from alcohol is in, in that, um, it's not obvious to me that you can smoke a little bit recreationally just to enjoy some of the effects without getting intoxicated. Um, I, 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 I went into a dispensary to ask some questions in researching the book. Sure, they were super sure. kind. That's what you were just, it was just research. It was just research. Got yeah, it. that's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I said, hey, this is kind of a dumb question probably, but you know, I, I told him why I was asking the questions and I said, and I said, is, is there any reason to smoke pot recreationally, recreationally okay. uh, other than to get high? And, and, and the lady just laughed at me huh. like, like, no, <laughs> there is no reason now People self-medicate, and so sure. yeah, they will microdose to get a little bit of THC, which you know you won't have any intoxicating effects, but they like how it it you know helps them with some anxiety or mood. I, again, I think at that point we're asking different kinds of questions, um, some some different questions. But so there's enough <laughs> there's enough risk involved uh, that hopefully word will get out on this. Um, so, like so, uh, three quick things really fast. One is that th- there's a story out there that marijuana is not addictive. That's just patently false. It, it is absolutely addictive. Now it's not as addictive as, as other substances, uh, like, like alcohol or certainly opioids, uh, but it is still addictive. I, I about one in 10 adult users who smoke regularly, which would be three to four times a, a week, uh, will develop a, a. a defined addiction to it where you are reshaping your brain and you're risking harm to self and others in order to meet that need. Um, uh, Second, underage marijuana use is just a terrible idea because THC demonstrably interferes with brain development Uh, and and it's not something you get back. It's not the kind of thing where you can stop smoking for a while and then your brain will catch up. If if, if it interferes with your brain development, then you just don't get it back. Um, And so people should think twice uh, about smoking marijuana as, as when, when you're under 25 years old, because it takes that long, especially for the male brain to finish uh, development. Um, and then third, there's a, a growing amount of evidence that is linking mental illness, different kinds of psychotic behaviors and mental illnesses to marijuana use. Definitely what, what, what I think is beyond question is there's a strong link between earlier onset of mental illness amongst those who are genetically predisposed for towards mental illness so it's just a terrible idea if if you have any genetic predisposition towards mental illness if it runs in your family that to be smoking pot Hmm. um or 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 using thc products and the the Unfortunately, the message you get from the culture is almost the exact opposite. Oh, this is good for mental illness. Oh, this will calm you down. Uh, It it, it certainly wouldn't lead to any kinds of psychotic behavior when, when, when that's demonstrably not the case by a growing, growing body of evidence. So, for for those reasons, for those reasons, um, there's a lot to overcome because certainly the the the, the culture is all into marijuana right now. The uh, pop culture is. and uh, the government seems to be walking in lockstep with that as well. So
2: Yeah, it was interesting. Well, the, the I, I, I don't, you know, what you're saying to me, I don't have, I don't know these things. So I'm, I'm, you know, the connection to mental illness and more. What I do remember is I was having a meeting with the uh, Surgeon General and about another issue. Um, and he just was like, oh, and by the way, as the, you know, this tide towards legalizing marijuana, he, what echoed what you said, I think your second point. Was that I? He he was not in favor of that, but he said, "But if this happens, people need to know this on brain development. This is a substantive, significant problem, and 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 and, and again, the young brain is just at a different place in space. Um, so again, hearing the cautions, uh, appreciating the cautions. Um, so how do we respond to you know Christian cannabis? I mean, there's literally you mentioned the churches. But it's, for me, I don't know that most pastors' leaders are, you know, going to get up and publicly promote it, but it sort of happens. It's kind of like, you know, you mentioned being a Baptist, right? So, and then you mentioned the joke about, you know, drinking alone. But drinking is now largely and widely accepted in most churches, the Pentecostal, Wesleyan. The Wesleyans, until a few years ago, you couldn't be a full member of a Wesleyan church if you drank alcohol as a beverage. The clergy still can't, but most people sort of moved away and just kind of said, we're not going to talk about it so much that kind of feels like how most people are dealing with marijuana except maybe you um it's like we're just gonna talk about it as much and let people deal with it and decide on their own why is that not a good idea because obviously you wrote a book on it why is it not a good idea just to kind of say you know what i don't can't remember last time i heard a sermon on alcohol in a church um and i've never heard a sermon on i can think of a sermon on weed why talk about it
0: well i you know it's kind of funny and and just just between us Baptists, I would say we really don't know how to drink. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, uh, we're kind of stumbling our way through, whereas maybe some of the older denominations have have been able to iron this out, but but in so many instances, I I just, just want to personally like... say that I'm not stumbling my
2: way through. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing up in Portland, but you know, I'm just not participating. <laughs> in that conversation. Yeah. But anyway, good, good deal. And by the way, it yeah, is funny because I've been, I've been watching reels. Like it's the, 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 the grown up version of TikTok and, yeah, uh, you on, know, the big thing on, is, Instagram. You know, yeah, on, Insta, on Instagram, it's like, you know, it, you know, I keep telling myself, Joe, you got to quit drinking this week. And I'm just glad my name's not Joe. So I don't know why I'm getting all these alcohol things that I actually don't drink, <laughs> but, but it is interesting how this is a conversation. So come with me or come, come back to it and help me to see how we are not and
0: why are we not talking about it while you are? Well, I think one of the reasons we're not talking about it is one, we've never had to talk about it. And so we don't really know what to that's say about it. Um, I, I think that's the, the first reason. Um, uh, we, we have been able to lean on civil government uh, for too long and just use that as our uh, barometer, so to speak, uh, our, our, our thermostat for uh, what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and, and of course, that's just demonstrably a, a bad idea, as it's yep. becoming more and more evident all the time. Uh, but certainly on this, just because the government says something is okay, doesn't mean that it necessarily is. Second, I, I think there's an enormous pressure right now uh, to not be legalistic, and, and that, that, right. that, that there's a lot of Christians who grew up in maybe a more legalistic context. And they just want to get as far away from that as possible. And so the last thing you want to do as a church pastor is to go give a bunch of rules for, for what to do and what not to do. Um, uh, third, I think that the, um, there's such cultural pressure to, uh, to advocate for marijuana. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like in Illinois to say is, is where you're at, but, but in Oregon, it's almost as though people are proud of their marijuana use um and there's absolutely no stigma attached to it at all you, you get more dirty looks for smoking tobacco than you would for smoking a joint right. in public same here same um, here yeah and uh and and so uh, why speak to something where you will just be perceived as hopelessly out of step um but uh, <laughs> there's uh, th- there's so much at stake here and you know I don't want to come off as preachy or as judgmental or legalistic. I, I really try to treat uh, marijuana use as a discipleship issue and, and a wisdom issue, except for intoxication. I, I do think intoxication is wrong. Uh, but how do we equip our church members, if, if you're a pastor, how do you equip your church members to think Faithfully to think biblically, to, to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ about something that is this significance, because we're talking about a mind altering substance, right? We're not talking about whether that extra Hershey bar is going to be good for me or bad for me, right? We're we are talking about uh, something that could impair cognitive physical abilities, but and but maybe most. Uh, harmful, uh, moral judgment, moral judgment.
1: That's uh, I think that's really helpful for our listeners to, to hear you say that, you know, you, you shouldn't be legalistic about this because many of them as church leaders, some of the, the cases that they're having to deal with are, it's, it really is case by case. So as we wrap up here, uh, Todd, help, help the church leader, help the pastor think through like polity issues, think through like, at what point does somebody get, become too involved? And you have to practice church discipline, uh, or you have to intervene. So, can you help us think through categories of how to apply, uh, uh, you know, discipline or or something like that?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, drunkenness is is clearly sinful, Uh, and so intoxication is wrong, and that would be a disciplinable. Uh, offense, where you follow hopefully Matthew 18 to, to work with a person. Short of that, though, um, I would want to ask a, a, a series of, of questions. Um, how, how does this intersect with your life as a follower of, of Jesus? And so th- this is going to require some accountability. It's, it's, it's going to require uh, intentional Discipleship, maybe like a deep discipleship, if you know, with the Allah JT English, um, um, and and then ask the kind of questions of, of a person that you would ask of 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 any sort of thing where they're playing with something that can get in the way of discipleship. So, is is your use of of recreational cannabis is that going to enhance your ability to use your gifts? All right. Uh, you know, as, as a fellow church member with all the other members of my church, it's in my best interest that everybody be on their A game. Uh, it's, it's not in my best interest for people to be checked out in in any way. I, I, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this interdependent organism called the church. I, I need my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to, to be walking in communion with the Lord. And, and then with me, um, I would ask, uh, questions about is, is this going to aid or help your ability to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ? Um, how, how is cannabis helping that? Is it possible that it's hindering that? And then uh, you know the, there's other kinds of discipleship questions like that. but, but I think that, that there's there's such a, a proclivity amongst us human beings, uh, to self-deception. Uh, that the more accountability that we can get, um, the, the, the more that we can bring things out into the open. Uh, because uh, without fail, whenever I go talk at a church, there's someone who says, "No, I, it, you told me that that being high impairs my physical abilities. It impairs my mental abilities." Hey, that is not true of me. And I've gotten to the point where I say, "Well, I, I can't argue with your with sure. your experience, but uh, I, I'm glad to meet the exception." <laughs> I'm because we know physiologically what marijuana does and why it impairs cog- cognitive abilities and physical abilities and all these other things. so I sure I'm glad to meet the exception to the rule uh, the the you know physiological anomaly um, but chances are you're probably not that you're probably deceiving yourself passing okay so for me you know I've
2: probably been pretty good I come from a family with deep issues with addiction. So one of the reasons I I just, I, I, I know myself and I avoid those things. So for me, it's kind of an easy answer, um, you know, just because of the family history that goes back generations. Um, so the, my question for you would be, though, is it an agree to disagree in a local church? Just like in some places, like like I, I don't drink, but I recognize that people will be. And, and I'm, you know, is that the place that we're going to end up? Or is that the place you think we should end up? Or is this something we should teach or preach as no? This is of a different kind of response, but make that a last question.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that, that alcohol is simply an agree to disagree uh, mm-hmm. because there's a responsible use for alcohol and there's an irresponsible use of alcohol. There, mm-hmm. that, uh, there's plenty of Bible that suggests that the irresponsible use of alcohol is absolutely sinful. And, and so at, at that level, I would say it, it, alcohol is not even an agree to disagree, um, you know, let me let me just yeah interject. go ahead I, I agree with you. it's a question of whether to participate at all, so I don't
2: drink at all yes, yet I am yeah. in fellowship with people who who do and recognize yes. that they've okay. made a different yeah. decision, so that's what I mean by agree to disagree
0: good yeah and then uh, beyond that i I think what we can't agree to disagree on is is whether or not we're just going to ignore it and and okay. and, and pretend that it's not a significant issue okay. um it, and I don't think that we can agree to disagree on the necessity of discipleship and so many of the things that, that are vital to that. I don't think that we can agree to, do, to disagree on things like accountability in the Christian life. Um, and, and so if there's an individual in your church uh, who is insistent on using marijuana, but is not willing to like talk about it with the leadership of the church or people uh, who, who can hold them accountable... Um, then, then at that point I think we've've we've, we've crossed a line into or, or we, we've crossed the line and are now in a place where some sort of pastoral intervention would be necessary. Um, certainly we can't just ignore it and we would be, I think despising our congregations if we didn't teach people up on risks, mm-hmm. on the de- Discipleship issues that are inherent uh, to an activity uh, like like marijuana consumption.
2: Okay, so I, I want to. I keep. I said last question, but I'm pressing on this a little more. So That's okay, a someone in the church, uh, and it, it comes to a different conclusion than than you and I, um, and and says, you know, again, this is your answer. You don't. You know, you're not answering for yep. me and everybody else. So is that a Matthew 18 issue? Do I go to her? Do I go to him? And Confront that person, in your view, or is that that's kind of what I'm getting at? Is this a sin issue that needs to be confronted? Any marijuana use outside of medical marijuana, or is it, uh, is it something that you know? I get we come to a different conclusion.
0: What are your thoughts? Well, and I'm pressing, and I'm pressing you. I know, but I no, want to press no, you. No, th- that's, that's what okay. I do. Well, since I wrote a book, I would want to go talk to a person on it sure. uh, b- because I'd want to know uh, exactly what's going on. Uh, if since I, I I am an elder at my church and um and and I do believe that 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 Matthew 18 is not just limited to uh, church leadership, but it's, it's 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 how we function as a body. I I don't think there's any harm at all in in going to a person and expressing concern o- over something. Um, now, if if there is clear intoxication that is taking place, then I think you're you have very good grounds for going to a person and confronting them in the spirit of Matthew 18. Um, and then if if they're resistant to that, you know, then I think you follow the steps and eventually you have to get church leadership involved, probably sometime around the second step or certainly before you get to the third step of that. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, that that <laughs> um, just ignoring the issue. Of, of marijuana use I don't think will be helpful to, to anyone. Um, and, and so I would encourage people to, to uh, ask questions. And, uh, and and I know this feels hope- and sounds hopelessly negative. So I'm even gonna double down on a little bit. And I, I don't know that the issue of medical marijuana is just an automatic free pass into, hey, well, this is totally okay um, uh, either. And so I would want well, hopefully people are parts of churches where people are involved in each other's lives and they know what's going on um, and, and things are done with accountability and encouragement and, and, and help along the way. And I, I would hope that's the case for any mind-altering substance that people are taking for medical purposes. You've been
1: listening to a very thought-provoking conversation with Todd Miles about his book, Cannabis have, and the Christian... I have Christian. The munchies now. <laughs> See what <I> <laughs> what the Bible says <laughs> about marijuana. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Stets of Church Leaders podcast. You can find more interviews as well as other great content for ministry at churchleaders.com. And we found our conversation helpful today. We'd love for you to take a few moments to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts that'll help other ministry leaders find us more easily. You can find other great Christian podcasts on the Faith Play app available for both Apple and Android. We'll see you in the next episode.
0: You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.